Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah. We here. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a very special guest for you on this episode to preview the Buffalo Bills Pittsburgh Steelers wild card round playoff matchup. This episode of Circling the Wagons is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago at the Delago Resort and Casino in Waterloo, New York. Be sure to check them out this weekend with all the games going on both Saturday and Sunday, and even get your bet in beforehand before the kiosks get too busy there. And I have none other than Jared Bailey. He is the writer for uh, USA Today and A to Z Sports. He's the deputy editor for Behind the Steel Curtain, the SB Nation blog. He's a host of the Pump Fake and the Believe Network podcast. Um, again, I'd like to welcome Jared Bailey to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Jared, thank you so much for uh, coming on and, uh, and previewing this big matchup. Hey, man. Yeah, I no, appreciate you uh, for, for asking me to do so. Um, no. I've got a, a healthy following of Bills fans, and uh, they've been very kind to me over the past few years. Uh, somebody somebody tweeted at me, and they were like, the streets are calling this game the Bailey Bowl, and that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this is, I'm, I'm glad to be here. That's that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, besides the fact that you follow the Steelers closely, you do a several other podcasts and, and, and do a lot of writing um pro football writing in general, but the fact that like, you know, you've had a lot to say about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen over social media, over Twitter. Um, we'll get to your Twitter, Twitter handle later and stuff. But um, I mean, when you, when you saw this matchup coming down the line, first off, I got to ask you about the Steelers in general. I don't follow the Steelers closely. Um, how has the Steelers season ended? And are you surprised at all that they made the playoffs or, or was this the expectation all along? I mean, I don't think anybody when they were sitting at seven and seven thought that they would make the playoffs. They had just lost three straight games after starting seven and four. Um, and then they turned to Mason Rudolph and the offense looks as good as it has in, since 2018. I'd probably say they scored the most points that they have in a game since 2021. Um, and it's the first time that they scored consecutive or scored 30 points in consecutive games since 2020. So the offense has been bad for a while and Rudolph came in and played really well and in the in the finale against Baltimore, you know, it was bad weather, raining, cold, um, and he completed ninety percent of his passes. They ran the ball well, and yeah, he's he has been they they've gotten the best quarterback play that they've had since Roethlisberger retired from Mason Rudolph, which is you know it was needed. And without him, they don't get to this point. So you know, when they were sitting at seven and seven, I don't think anybody expected it um, coming into the year. You know, they had that 
that that stretch in the preseason where like their starters scored on every drive and everybody, myself included, was like, all right, yeah, taking a step forward this year. That's good. Kenny Pickett looks to be you know a little bit better than he was last year. And then none of that mattered, which uh, was very evident early on. So uh, coming into the year, I had high expectations. But once the season got started, I think those expectations quickly dwindled. Um, and by the middle of the year, I mean, it was just, you know, people were saying, oh, man, you know, this might be finally be the year where Tomlin, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers mutually part ways. And uh, now there's murmurs about him taking a break, maybe. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But, you know, they're 10 and 7. They got in. The you know, Every domino that they needed to fall fell their way. And somehow they find their way in this situation, man. So um, in terms of my confidence, like, the weather is definitely going to play in their favor, like where it's going to be windy and it's going to be snowing and whatnot. Um, so that's going to hamper what the Bills are going to do through the air. They're going to need to be able to run the ball well. Steelers ran the ball really well as of late. So, you know, when you look at the the combination of Jalen Warren and Najee Harris in the backfield, they've become more of a gap run team, which is what Najee Harris is really good at um, ever since um, Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan took over as co-offensive coordinators. So that's been nice to see, and the, and the run game has been doing really well. And it'll just come down to, okay, if the Steelers can protect the ball, and if they can establish long possessions and keep Josh Allen off the field, um, then they can hang. Um, but they're also going to need takeaways. It's going to have to be like a perfect game for the Steelers in terms of protect the ball, uh, control the clock, force multiple turnovers. They're going to need the chaotic bad bills to show up as well in terms of you know getting some help. But um, to say that... Uh, at this time of year, I never rule anybody out. I'm not going to rule the Steelers out, but they're going to need a lot of things to fall their way. Mm-hmm. And the weather is definitely in their favor for this game. And I want to get into that in a minute. But interesting what you're talking about with Mason Rudolph. Is this is there any way that when Kenny Pickett comes back healthy next season that Mason Rudolph is still the starter? Or is it Kenny Pickett's job no matter what? It depends on what the Steelers decide to do because Rudolph – no one expected Rudolph to come back this year. He was a free agent. He didn't garner much interest, so he came back on a one-year deal. So, one, they're going to have to bring Rudolph back if they even want to have this conversation. Um, but if if you're the Steelers, it would be malpractice if you go into camp in 2024 with just Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. I like Mason Rudolph. I don't think he's the long-term answer at quarterback. I think he's a very good backup. Um, and in terms of Kenny Pickett, I thought that it was a wasted pick when they did it. Um, I've been very vocal about that for now the last almost two years. So uh, I, I don't see a reason why you go into 2024 with Kenny Pickett. Um, like if, if it was me, I'm trying to make a move for Justin Fields. I'm trying to sign Kirk cousins and maybe draft a guy, you know, do a, a somewhat of a situation that the Packers do with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan love. I'm doing something different because at some point, this franchise can't get in its own way and keep riding this whole traditionalist style of running the organization. Where oh no, we're gonna you know we're gonna be patient. Well, you don't have a lot of patience left to to use because T.J. Watt's not getting any younger. Cam Hayward's not getting any younger. Minka Fitzpatrick's not getting any younger. Like you got to take advantage of this window, man. And you know, right now, it feels like two wasted seasons on Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. And I would be. I'd be I wouldn't be shocked if they did it because that's what the Steelers do is they get in their own way with their patience. Uh, but it would be very annoying as a Steelers fan if they just run this thing back and say, oh, Kenny Pickett's our guy. Um, I would hope that they would be smart enough to be more proactive than that. 
I mean, you look at the Steelers team. I mean, they're uh, they're built really well. Like I can I compare them to like even the Jets. The Jets didn't have a good season, obviously, but they're built. I in some ways very similar to the Steelers in the fact that they have a good run game. They have a really good defensive line. Like they have playmakers. They're just a quarterback away for, at least that's how I view the jets. That's why I was worried a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Is there a quarterback away? Do you see that with the Steelers that being just like, maybe not a Josh Allen, but like, you know, maybe a Kirk cousins or someone like that away from being a legit contender to, for owning the AFC North alongside the, the Ravens or over the Ravens and the Bengals, even with a healthy Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at the way Kirk Cousins was playing before he got hurt this year, he's having the best season of his career. He was leading the NFL in passing yards. I think he had uh, a top three passer rating. He was leading the NFL in touchdowns at one point. He was playing his ass off. Uh, and then obviously the uh, Achilles injury happens. But um, in today's game, when injuries like that happen, there's very little worry about, especially guys at quarterback, coming back and, you know, having any sort of drop off just because, you know, modern medicine is what it is. Um, so, yeah, if they were able to get a guy like Kirk and – I think it would be good for the locker room as a whole because Kirk is an established veteran who's good at what he does. And the offense needs some sort of veteran leadership, man, because they are a young offense. And I think that that would serve well for the locker room. I think it would be good to have a vocal leader at quarterback who has been there, done that in terms of, you know, he's gotten a team to the playoffs. He's played really well over the past decade. And so that's why I'm pretty on board with Kirk is that he's still playing good football and, I think that if you played it right and you wanted to draft a guy in like the second or third round, like if they wanted to take a, a Michael Pratt out of Tulane, if they wanted to take a Cam Ward to kind of just groom, wait in the wings, and when the time comes, see if they're capable of being a starter in the NFL, then cool. Um, but that that would be my my move. Because um, you look at the offense, like George Pickens is really good. Deontay Johnson is, is a nice receiver as well. They got a good pair of, of running backs. They need to get better at center and at tackle. Um, but these are moves that can be made via the draft or free agency to get better. So I don't think that there are too many moves away from being really good. It's just the moves that they have to make are pretty substantial ones, especially at the quarterback position. So it's moves that they have to acknowledge they need to make, which, I, like I said, I'm horrified that they're not going to because I, I know how this team works. Um, but with an aggre more aggressive general manager, and Omar Khan, who spent all last season being more than willing to, you know, he moved up in the draft to take Broderick Jones, going out and getting guys like Quan Alexander, um, Cole Holcomb. Like they were pretty, they rebuilt their entire off ball linebacker group in free agency, and all those guys played well. So I'd like to think that they recognize, hey, this quarterback thing isn't working. Uh, you can understand that Matt Canner is a bad offensive coordinator, but also see that Kenny Pickett is a bad quarterback. These two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. So I hope that he's smart enough to recognize that. And I hope Mike Tomlin's smart enough to recognize that and move on. So you see this defense this week without TJ Watt, but they are getting some players back. They're getting Minka Fitzpatrick back. Um, they're getting healthier, even though they're missing one of their best players on defense. Looking at it from this game forward, and you know, obviously you follow the Bills, um, where are some areas where the Bills can exploit the Pittsburgh defense um, this week and, and, and use it to their advantage? I mean, if they can just quick pass the hell out of them and not let any sort of pass rushers get to Josh Allen, um, that would be great. Um, and utilize James Cook the way that they've been utilizing James Cook because uh, the Steelers aren't great against the run. And if you can run the ball and if you can sustain long possessions against Pittsburgh and get them off balance defensively, like it's not just TJ Watt that has you know been banged up and whatnot it's uh Alandon roberts who's dealing with a peck um at off ball linebacker 
Um, like you said, they get Minka Fitzpatrick back, which is great. And Demonte Casey, we'll see where he is after missing the final three games with, with suspension. Um, but they've had to move around a lot of pieces on that side of the ball. Um, and, you know, I like Marcus Golden. I like Nick Erbig, but they're not TJ Watt. And if you don't have that guy who's coming off the edge and making life hell for 17, and he can just sit there and wait for things to develop, that's that's not great. And outside of Joey Porter Jr., they don't have any reliable corners. So uh, I fear that a, uh, a a bomb to Stefan Diggs will be waiting, depending on who is on him, because uh, I don't think Joey Porter is going to follow him. I could be I could be wrong on that, but I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna plan for that. But if it's Levi Wallace on Stefan Diggs, I'm horrified. Uh, Khalil Shakir might have another big game like he did uh, against Miami where he has north of 100 yards. Dalton Kincaid in the slot, uh, if they move him around like I expect them to. Um, they're going to need guys like Shannon Sullivan, the nickel corner, to play well. They're going to need, they're going to need, it's going to have to be all hands on deck. And like I said, if they play less than a perfect game, I don't like their chances. So um, in terms of what Buffalo can do, just get the ball into the hands of your receivers. Um, and understand what you're going against. Like you don't have arguably the best edge rusher in football to deal with. Use that to your advantage. You have run the ball a little bit more, set up some play action stuff, allow Josh to kind of stand in the pocket a little bit longer, let these plays develop. And if they if he can do that, I promise you, these Bills receivers will get open <laughs> and there will be big plays that can be had, especially Stephon Diggs, who seemed to finally get a little bit of his mojo back after, you know, a, a rough previous month. So if Josh Allen has time, then it's wraps. That's that's basically what it is. And I think he's going to have time because, like I said, I like Marcus Golden and I like Nick Urbig and I like Alex Highsmith, but 90 is what makes this defense go. And I just, I cannot see them winning this game without him. Now, I know it's been a, a couple of years, but the Bills played the Steelers last year in the regular season in 2022, and they won 38-3. to Now, the, you had a rookie, Kenny Pickett. I mean, there was, TJ Watt was out that game too. I mean, what is the big difference between this team and that team because a lot of I think a lot of the players are back from that squad was it just they caught him at the, the Bills got lucky I know they were favored by I believe even two touchdowns that game too it was a big game I mean is it just the Steelers are really because they're on that three game win streak I mean why do you, is it the weather why do you see that game definitely not going to the 38 to 3 sort of uh blowout well a few reasons one the weather's going to prevent that i just cannot see anybody being too too explosive consistently if the wind and and the weather is just as bad as it's expected to be um but two um i think having mason rudolph at quarterback is just going to make things different because he's just overall a better better quarterback than kenny pickett is by the way that game fun fact kenny pickett's only career 300 yard passing game uh came in his in his starting debut against the bills um and Pittsburgh is a little bit better up front, so they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit more um, defensively. So it, it, it's weird to say defensively, like especially at off-ball linebacker, that they're better because they are. But like I said, Atlanta Roberts is banged up. They brought back Miles Jack out of retirement because the rest of their off-ball linebackers got hurt, so they had to like you know go to the well and call up Miles Jack, who by the way has played extremely well since they did that. Um, and they brought in guys like Eric Rowe at safety, who they also got off the street because their top five safeties were either, were either hurt or suspended. So they've been dealt a pretty crappy hand on that side of the ball this year. Yeah. Um, but even then, like the guys that they brought in have stepped up a lot. I let Keanu Benton at uh, defensive line next to Cam Hayward. Um, he's had a really nice year. Cam Hayward himself is still solid. He's not, you know, the all pro Cam Hayward that we know, but he's still Cam Hayward. Um, Alex Highsmith has had a really good year in terms of developing pressure. Uh, his raw numbers don't look as good as they did in pre, 
2022, but um, still had a really nice year. And I think an overall better year than he did in, in 2022. So they're better defensively. They're better at quarterback. The weather is going to play a factor into this thing. I don't expect them to win. Uh, I expect it to be a low scoring game where Buffalo wins something of a score of like 20 to 10, some somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and I think the spread is actually 10 and a half. So um, do what, do with that information, what you will betters. Um, so I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I do think, I don't think that the result is ever going to be in doubt. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because this is, this is the way I see that the bills will win. And by the way, I don't know if I like, the 10 points that the bills are getting. I feel like that's a little bit high. That's Especially a lot for like a weather game for a weather game. I know the over under is only at this point, I think it's only 36. So that does right. reflect it. That does reflect, you know, kind of what you were saying and kind of what my thoughts are. I don't like betting over unders anyway, cause it's so fluky. It's so fluky. Mm-hmm. You could blow out someone, you know, 27 and nothing, but the over under is still under. So, uh, but this is what I see. I, and let me know what you think. The bills win. If, they don't turn the ball over like crazy. If they're able to get ahead by two scores, just to the point where Mason Rudolph has to throw the ball more consistently. If they're not able to, if they keep it within like one score, I, and it's just, I could see it being within a turnover of making the difference. So if the Bills commit too many turnovers, like they have, like they have all, I mean, last, even, even winning five games straight, they, they have not been able to shake the turnovers. Um, and obviously, the differential of turnovers makes dif- makes a difference. Um, if the Bills have three and the Steelers have zero, it's different than if they both have three. Um, so I think that the turnover differential favors the Steelers, and the Bills cannot get up by enough points to make Mason Rudolph throw. I think this could be a really close game, especially, like you mentioned, the weather conditions. It's supposed to be snowing. Um, not crazy. I think at most, they might get six inches maybe at this point, the time we're recording this on Thursday night. So maybe six inches. But the winds are supposed to be between 20 and 30 miles an hour. So th- that's going to affect the Bills' pass game. Um, it's going to be interesting. The, the Bills really what's, – what's interesting, I was looking up some stats on the Steelers, and the Steelers are a good run team for sure, especially the last three games like you mentioned. The Bills aren't a terrible run team either, all yeah. things considered. Um, and a lot of that has to do with Josh Allen. But James Cook has really come on these last few uh, – last couple of months since uh, – since we changed our offensive coordinator too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, let me know what you think about that. Do you think that, that I kind of set it up a scenario? Like I, I see the bills winning, but I don't see them winning by much. And if it, the tables are turned just slightly in the turnover differential. And also, you know, if, if, if the Steelers can keep in it with a run game, I see the Steelers having a chance at this. Yeah. In terms of like the run game stuff. So both teams can run the, have been running the ball pretty well, but both teams also aren't great at stopping the run. Um, so, I think the Bills finished the year like 24th in EPA against the run. Uh, I'd have to go and look and see what the Steelers were, but neither of them were great at stopping the run. Um, and yeah, in terms of the turnovers, like it was evident, like when Kenny Pickett was in the lineup or Mitch Trubisky, that like if you got a turnover, that's cool. Steelers off, often didn't do much with them. That said, they had three takeaways against the, I think, I think it was three takeaways against the Bengals and they got points on, I want to say, if not all of them, two of them, uh, that were pretty, uh, that went into the reason as why they won by so much. So Mason Rudolph has shown that, like I said, the offense is in better hands when he is in there um, because he right now he's just a better quarterback. He's more aggressive, um, but like cautiously aggressive. He's not going to throw stupid passes. He has a much better pocket presence than any of the other two do. Um, 
So this change, if it would have came sooner, I think the Steelers would be in a much better spot and probably not at the seven seed. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Steelers need to protect the ball first and foremost, and they've done actually a really good job of doing that this year. Um, and we know that Buffalo's had their struggles with, with doing that. Uh, I think it also depends on where the turnovers take place. Like if, you know, if, if the Bills are in Steelers territory and, you know, it's a an interception thrown at like the 30, I'm not too worried about that if I'm the Bills. I mean, if you're at the one yard line and you fumble, yeah, that's a giant bummer, but I don't see the Steelers going 99 yards. So I think it's just time and place when it's when it happens. Um, now, if, you know, you're in your own territory and you set the Steelers up for at least three points, yeah, that's not great. Um, so I, I think the turnover battle comes with the caveat on, okay, but where did it take place? So, um, like I said, I'm not counting anybody out, especially, you know, when it comes to the playoffs and whatnot, but it's going to take every domino to fall in the Steelers way. Mm -hmm. As far as, you know, it's funny, we're talking about the Steelers making it as a seventh seed. There are three teams from the AFC North in the playoffs and another team that probably would be in it also if it wasn't for Joe Burrow's injury. I always thought that the AFC East had one of the best divisions, but then as we saw, you know, the Jets didn't do well. Um, the, the Patriots were a disappointment. It's just the Bills and the Dolphins at this point. At this point, you know, the Dolphins, I mean, I don't really know if they're a good team or they just beat up on bad teams um, at this point. So, but at the same time, like the Steelers could could win this game or win a game in any playoff scenario. The Browns, I could see making to the, potentially to the AFC Championship game, depending on how it goes with the Ravens. Is the AFC North the best division in the NFL? Because it kind of feels like it from the outside. I think so. It's definitely the deepest. Um, where like going into next year, you can make the argument that all four teams could make it to the playoffs. Um, so I think right now it is. It's going to be. I'm going to be intrigued to see what the Browns do with this quarterback situation, especially if they do make it to like the AFC title game with Flacco. Um, but in terms of like the overall division, like yeah, the Steelers are going to be in it because they always are. Uh, the Bengals, when Burrow's healthy, I think they'll be right back to where they were. It depends. I think they're going to tag T. Higgins, so I think it should be business as usual for the offense. I think Brian Callahan, their offense coordinator, is probably going to get a head coaching job somewhere, though. So there will be a little bit of difference with that. But as long as Zach Taylor's there, the offense is going to be the same. Uh, and then Baltimore, yeah, they've got you know Lamar Jackson, who's more than likely going to win the MVP. Their defense is tremendous. Uh, I think Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, might get some head coaching interviews as well. So. This is a division from top to bottom where you know they're going to beat the hell out of each other, um, but they're also going to beat the hell out of the rest of the league. And um, that that infighting is probably going to keep one of them out of the playoffs each year. But as long as they have the head coaches that they have right now, because I think Kevin Stefanski should be coach of the year this year just from what he's done winning with having four different quarterbacks, technically five because Jeff Driscoll started the last week, but they had already clinched a playoff spot. Um, so with all the injuries that they had and the fact that they still kept winning, that's a big uh, feather in Stefanski's cap. Zach Taylor has gotten the Bengals to a Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin is 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 obviously one of the the best coaches of the past you know, two decades. As is John Harbaugh. So it's a division full of really good coaches, full of really good quarterbacks for the most part. And uh, yeah, I, I think top to bottom, you'd be hard pressed to find a better division in the league. 
Yeah, that's kind of where I come off. Jared, thank you so much for for coming on, answering my questions about the Steelers, talking about the previewing the Bills-Steelers playoff game, giving a prediction. Uh, where can people find you on social media? I mentioned some areas where they can find your writing and your podcast. Uh, where where can they find all the other work you do and you on social media, which I'd absolutely recommend you uh, a follow on Twitter for sure as I follow you and, and try to retweet your stuff whenever I can because it's so good. Uh, where Where can people find your work? Yeah, uh, on Twitter at jbaileynfl, uh, on Threads at realjarrettbailey. Um, that's I mean, I I post all my stuff there. I talk about pro wrestling there whenever I decide to. Um, I'll tweet out some memes. It's just uh, yeah, it's not only football. It's it's a bunch of different stuff. So uh, at jbaileynfl on Twitter, realjarrettbailey on Threads. So here's a question for you because my sure. son's my son's eight years old. And I want to get him into pro wrestling, but I don't want to do it too young because I don't know when he's ready for it. So like when I watched it in the nineties, you know, I was probably watching it at eight years old for sure. My parents didn't care what I watched, but I'm mm. kind of, tr- I'm kind of trying to buck that trend a little bit to when it's, when it, when would you recommend there's a good time for a kid to watch pro wrestling or when is he old enough to, to be mature enough to be okay with it? I think right now is probably pretty good. Um, especially cause there's such a variety, um, so it depends on, you know, who you want him to watch because like guys like John Moxley who are going to go out and have Texas death matches and rip people open and bleed everywhere. Like if you don't want him to see that, I understand that. Um, but there's so many good wrestlers in the world right now, man. And there's a lot of good places to watch it, you know, whether it be WWE, whether it be AEW, whether it be TNA. Uh, there's just a lot of good talent everywhere. Um, but in terms of like guys that I know, like if you just showed anybody professional wrestling that I know that they would like, um, Hangman Adam Page, Samoa Joe, Swerve Strickland, Cody Rhodes, like everybody, even if you don't really follow pro wrestling all that much, if you showed people those four guys right now, I'd throw in Brian Danielson as well, show them just a match of theirs. And I, I promise you, they'd be like, oh, okay, I get why people enjoy this. So those are like my five big ones that I would show non-wrestling fans right now. Um, that I think that they would like. Who is my favorite? Oh, Eddie Kingston is probably my favorite wrestler at the moment, right? He's, he's great. So there's plenty of talent to go around uh, in the two major companies, WWE and AEW. Uh, if you want, if you have the time to watch TNA, uh, that's great as well. Um, but yeah, I think that eight years, I think eight is perfectly fine to uh, to introduce to, to pro wrestling. I think that's probably around the age I started watching it. So yeah. I think it should be okay. Yeah, cool, cool. I think we might, and I don't know, is it pay-per-view now or is it just depending on cable? Is it is it on cable now? So for WWE, their stuff is all on Peacock in, ter- in terms of like, in terms of like their big events. Um, TV wise, so Monday nights, it's on USA. Friday nights, it's on Fox. So, and then for AEW, Wednesday nights, it's on TBS. Saturday nights, it's on TNT. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, we have Peacock, so I can definitely get him started right away. I think you can watch like a lot of old matches too. Yeah, they have like, Peacock has the entire WWE library, so you can go back and watch whenever and whatever you want. I can catch up on all the stuff I missed out from whatever age I stopped watching until now. So that's... There you go. Yeah, you'll get caught up on everything. Cool. Jared, I appreciate the heck out of it, man. This was a lot of fun talking with you. And uh, and good luck in the playoffs. At least stay healthy. We don't need you guys losing any other players for the rest of the season or or at least till next year. And and obviously that's that's the worst outcome. So so good luck and uh, and thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Appreciate you for asking. Just a reminder that this episode of Circling the Wagons is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook 
at Delago at the Delago Resort and Casino in Waterloo, New York. Be sure to check them out this weekend and throughout the week as the playoff games are underway. I know I'm going to be making some bets myself, um, checking out the cool food and cool atmosphere there at the Twin Square Sportsbook. And be sure to check us out on our recap episode, which will be airing uh, early Monday morning. So uh, we're going to talk everything Buffalo Bills. The recap of the Bills Steelers playoff game. Um, I'm thinking we're going to be talking about a win, but you never know. I don't want to jinx it. We'll see how it goes. So for me, Nate, go Bills. Let's hope we're all happy after wildcard weekend. And we're talking about the Bills facing another team in Orchard Park the week after. Yeah, you find us, we breaking the tables. We tailgating, breaking them tables. Breaking them. Uh, you know the mafia dangerous. You see us, we breaking the tables. Uh, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Breaking them. You find us, we breaking the tables. We tell getting breaking them tables. You know the mafia dangerous. You see us, we breaking the tables. We breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Breaking them. You know the mafia dangerous. Put a hit out on your favorite team. Find Steph Diggs, he running the scene. Khalil Shakir, he doing his thing. Allen got weapons, shooting the bomb mafia mine please don't step on my shoes game day ones the white the red the blues hey man breaking tables is traditional yeah. wishing the fish look at my drip never cheating like belichick is sean mcdermott never telling the biz Deion Dawkins, mr brown we got mitch gabe davis told tapping it is who making anthems that slapping like nobody. this nobody getting attraction like nobody. this don brown never been through a table a lombardi will get me through a table this is our year will not be a fable this is my year to perform on a table just to show you that i'm buffalo ass Going viral, your fans cannot match us Don't you come to our house and just trash us Get the table like Devon and Bubba Ray What's up? What's up? Do you know who we are? Yeah, I know It's the Mafia, baby Yeah, everybody know Don Brown Get the tables Yeah, you find us, we breaking the tables We tailgating, breaking them tables uh, uh, You know the Mafia dangerous You see us, we breaking the tables uh, We breaking them Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Breaking them. You find us, we breaking the tables. We tell getting breaking them tables. Uh, uh. You know the mafia dangerous. You see us, we breaking the tables. Uh, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Tables, we breaking them. Breaking them. This for the mafia ladies, this shout out they go to the mafia babes I'm loving it here, you got mafia braids Camo hat with the 17 on it, 17 on the earrings, you flaunt it When it get cold, Buffalo got the sweater hat And you know the number 17 still on it Josh Allen in the ring, you want it Ay. You find us, we breaking the tables, we tailgating, breaking them tables uh, uh. You know the mafia dangerous, you see us, we breaking the tables uh. We breaking them tables, we breaking them tables, we breaking them tables, we breaking them, breaking them. You find us, we breaking the tables, we tell getting breaking them tables. Uh, uh. You know the mafia dangerous, you see us, we breaking the tables. Uh, we breaking them tables, we breaking them tables, we breaking them tables, we breaking them, breaking them. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>